Welcome back to the Scoop College Basketball Podcast presented by Hoop Scoop Media. I'm the host for today, Austin Getchy, joined by Kyle Kerr. Dan is not in attendance as he is busy because this is not a normal episode that we've been planning for last week. As you probably could have guessed by the fact that this is only like 20 to 30 minutes long. I don't know how long it's going to be, but you'll see that it's shorter than most of our episodes. And we released an episode yesterday, so... This is a special episode, special emergency announcement, because Bob Huggins is out at West Virginia. And this is this is huge for him for college basketball coaching because Bob Huggins was a college basketball coaching legend. And whether you liked him or not, this is still a very sad day for college basketball to see one of the legends go out like this. So, Kyle, can I have your immediate thoughts on the situation that he's officially done yeah you know it's um not surprising you know when you uh blow a point two um at 70 years old and this is his second dui he, he had another one in 2004 um you know obviously it's 20 years apart so he can't get in a ton of legal trouble i think they have to be within a 10-year span with uh two separate um Thanks. So um, in terms of legal trouble, he won't be in a ton. But um, um, no, it's just it's definitely uh, interesting, especially after that radio incident a couple months ago, which I don't I didn't put a ton of stock into. I know certain people would. But um, no, this is just kind of after that. It's kind of like you didn't learn, you know, you're out doing whatever. I just, you know, I don't know, felt like the last couple of years he's just he's just been disconnected from like his teams, like his teams don't have an identity anymore. You know, they have talent on there and he, he's done a decent job offensively, but like the defensive press Virginia is just like gone out the window the last couple of years. Like they're not like, they don't have a defensive identity anymore. And, you know, he's very lucky that NIL and, the transfer portal has, has come up in recent years because you rewind two to three years ago and, uh, well, he couldn't recruit anybody to West Virginia. And obviously it's remote. It's in the middle of nowhere. But um, I definitely feel like, you know, as other older coaches have kind of adapted, like a Tom Izzo, you know, bring, bought in a great recruiting class this year. Guys like Bob Huggins have just kind of stuck with their old ways and, and teachings, and I just feel like they're a bit disconnected from their rosters and kind of like disconnected from the modern game a bit. Um, and this, you know, his off-the-court activity has kind of reinforced that a little bit. Like, this is just not something you should be doing off the court at 70 years old. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, he had kind of lost his identity. I think, like, this was the offseason that he was, like, starting to catch up with like the game like he really embraced the portal hasn't really done that the past few years has relied on like he took a lot of juco kids the past few years just like stuck with high school kids not really used the portal to too much extent but this offseason he went on in the portal got a top class but he will not be around to coach that because he obviously resigned as is the topic of this episode and yeah you said you mentioned how his uh, comments on that radio show in cincinnati and yeah like uh that just like combined with the dui i don't think he would have uh been in a place in a place to resign after just one of the separate incidents but the fact that uh they both piled up on top of each other just made it too much and he at that point he just had to go 
Um, because I mean, we've seen coaches get DUIs and be fine. Like Mark few, what was he like suspended a few games? I mean, his BAC was also significantly lower than Huggins, but still like Huggins probably would have been looking around. Like he, he got a three game suspension for the comments that he made on the radio, but, and I think he probably would have been looking around the same suspension had he, uh, gotten a DUI and not, had that radio incident, but combined on top of each other, I think that's just too much pressure to keep him around after both of those things. And yeah, this is, this is the end of an era. Like I said, like Bob Huggins is a legend. There's a lot of people don't like him. Some people do, but regardless, like this is huge for college basketball. Bob Huggins in NCAA history was fourth in total wins. He had 916. A few of those were in D2 with Walsh University, but most of them were in D1. 863 of them, in fact, were in D1. Coached to Akron for a few years, Cincinnati for a while, K-State for a few years. And then his bulk of his tenure, where he had the most wins, came at West Virginia, where he coached until his resignation just about 30 minutes to an hour ago. So, yeah, this is huge news. So the first question you got to ask is, who are they going to hire now? Because, like, this is a good job, especially with NIL. Like, they have been handing out bags this offseason. Like, there's no other way to put it. Uh, the reported number for Kirk Risa, I don't I mean, there's these numbers don't really get leaked, but the, the talk around town was that it was, like, in the 600K range. And, like, that is a lot of money for someone who basically got – basically decided to part ways with Arizona because they thought Kylan Boswell is better and would be the future of their program at point guard. So West Virginia has money. I mean, not only that, they also got like Raekwon Battle, Jesse Edwards. They got Jose Perez and also Omar Silverio, who's not the same player, but still like a transfer pickup that will be desired if he decides to open back up. But before we talk about the players and what they could potentially do, we should we should talk about the coaches that they could hire. It's kind of it's kind of funny because we were talking about yesterday how uh, we were done with coaching grades as Charlotte hired Aaron Fearn to become their interim head coach for a season. So like, yeah, we're done. And I was just thinking in the back of my mind, like, are we really done? Like, it seems like every season, like some random job. You don't you never expect jobs to open this late, but some always do. Like you never know which ones, but it's inevitable that something will happen. In this case, Huggins resigned after getting in some legal trouble. But yeah, um Pete Thamel tweeted about ten minutes ago that West Virginia is expected to conduct a national search. But I think the first person that we have to look at here is a West Virginia assistant. Because just because they conduct a national search, it does not necessarily mean that they can't hire an assistant because that's literally what we saw Charlotte do like a day ago. So that's something important to keep in mind. Western is obviously a job that some really notable people in the industry would want. But still, we have to look at Ron Everhart. So if they hired in staff, he would obviously be the choice. He has 18 years of D1 experience. Not not the best D one experience, but he ha- is an experienced old head coach. So, what are your thoughts on him being a potential candidate to replace Huggins? You know, I'd probably make him the number one. Like, I I think it's kind of important to, you know, if you're West Virginia here, you want to keep as many people as possible, right? Um, you want to 
especially keep the big fish like i think they can keep raekwon battle if they try hard enough um so you know you got to get a coach that you know was and i'll be honest here you know they probably got along better with some of the assistants that are a bit younger you know that can relate to them a little more as players than probably huggins himself so like i i feel like you know getting a good assistant um to keep the players uh because, you know, like guys like Jose Perez, they love this program. You could even tell like all through social media, he was conducting like the uh, the transfer uh, portal tours around campus. And he must have done a really good job because everyone <laughs> he toured with committed. So <laughs> like, you know, uh, things like that, you know, just staying in house. And I think especially guys like Jose Perez, you know, who's from Manhattan, who had his coach fired there and then goes here. And he also got a. Uh... Rojo fired at Marquette. Oh, gosh. That's right. Man, that's way back, dude. Um, So I think he just wants to play basketball. Um, I don't think he's – he just says, you know what? Let's just hire one of the assistants I've gotten to know over the last year. Like, they – I'm telling you, the players probably don't want to make this too complicated. Um, And the longer this draws out, the worse it is. Like, they need to get practicing. They need to get – back in the gym like you know charlotte kind of made you know a hasty decision they came to a quick decision and i think west virginia is going to be pretty quick as well um they're gonna have to come up with something soon uh they'll obviously make some phone calls um that we'll go over here but uh the list will be pretty short um and uh i i feel like they're gonna stay in house and probably hire uh, the guy you were saying with uh probably huggins right hand man so Yes, Ron Eberhardt. And that is interesting that you say that. I'm not sure if I can agree with you on that one necessarily. I I do think they have the best potential to be better this season, keeping Eberhardt around. And if if he can retain like Jesse Edwards, Raekwon Battle, and everyone else really, like, because that that would be huge because what do they have, like, top 20-ish team? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I haven't uh, done my rankings yet, but I think they, yeah, either way, they're a very solid tournament team, really have some potential to win. So I I think it would be kind of, kind of like a Rodney Terry situation almost where the team is like still just constructed by Huggins and still has the opportunity to win. But I think you also kind of have that Rodney Terry situation where if you hire Everhart, then you face the consequences that happen in the following years because like, as we've seen, like he's not like some amazing D one head coach or he'd probably still be coaching. Like, I mean, he's solid enough to coach for a handful of years, but he's not that good of a coach compared to some of the guys they could get. So, I mean, would you rather just be good this year and maybe face consequences later or, potentially lose some few players this year. I mean, with the right hire, it could still get these guys back and be better prepared down the road. And I, I think I'd rather be better prepared down the road in this case, because I mean, like I said, this is a good program. Like they, they have money and money in this age. Like that's really what you need to build a program because you can get guys with NIL. I'll say West Virginia before this year, wasn't as an attractive as a job as it is now with the NIL. Yeah, um, I mean, so they that, had that's a why. lot of problem getting recruits in for a couple of years now. So now that they have the NIL thing, 
Um, recruits are going to be definitely more driven. The job's going to be more popular. Honestly, if I'm going to, there's just not many big fish out there. I feel like they can reel in right now, but maybe. But I feel like Chris Mack is a guy you have to look at. Like, I definitely feel like he's going to think about this job. Chris Mack is definitely someone who I think got the short end of the straw at Louisville. Absolutely. And he was in an absolutely atrocious situation with yeah, he, you know, how much uh, freedom he had there with recruits and all the money that really wasn't in the program at the time. I forget the you know the real real situation, but it was yeah, not Chris, a good situation. There. Chris Mack also was one of the guys that kind of got screwed with the COVID year stuff because that's yeah. when like they were really good. And then, like, that just didn't happen because, like, no tournament success because there wasn't a tournament. Because, like, Louisville was, like, number one that season now, like, in, in earlier, but they were they were really they good were that year. Good. So, yeah. yeah, with, like, Jordan Nora. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was good. Um, But, yeah, I think that's a name to look at potentially. Um, But, but first, let's talk about some guys with West Virginia ties because they they, they could still, like, not go in like the coaches that they have now on staff, but they could go back with some ties, which some names are Jared Calhoun. Jared Calhoun would maybe be my favorite. I I really like Cal- Calhoun can coach offense, and like we saw that this year at Youngstown State. Defense at Youngstown State this year was a little questionable, but like at some point you just have to like, if you're going to get more talent at West Virginia and I mean, the bottom line is he can really coach offense and he's been a successful coach everywhere. He's been as a head coach. Um, Obviously it's only been two spots, but he, yeah, he was at West Virginia from uh, I think 2012 to 2017. If I remember the, his uh, Wikipedia page, right. That I looked at like 30 minutes ago, but then he went to Fairmont state, a D2 program that is located in West Virginia and he won there. Like, he really won there. He was the D2 runner-ups. His last season won, like, 34 games. So, and then he got his promotion to Youngstown State, where he has really been building that program up. Kind of really an afterthought of a program. And then they were really good this year. Couldn't quite get to that tournament appearance, appearance which I was disappointed about because I wanted to see the Penguins go dancing. But regardless, like, he has ties. He's a really good coach. And he would absolutely take this job. Like if they gave him it, like oh, yeah. I know it's it's hard to move on at this point in the year, but like screw it. Like he's like West Virginia is just such a better job in Youngstown State. It's where he started out before he was a head coach. Like, I mean, I, I would take this instantly. Like, even though it would be tough to leave Youngstown State at this point, like this is this would be an easy choice if he was the one offered the job. No, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, you make some good points about, you know, the talent West Virginia has. If he's able to retain that, I think he could improve as a defensive coach with guys like Jesse Edwards. Um, and uh, some of the perimeter defense they have, too, with Joe Toussaint and other guys like that. So, yeah, that, that's for sure. He had a lot of, like, sh- really good shot creators, but – um, at Youngstown, like guys like Cohill, like they just weren't going to put effort on the defensive end anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so he lost him. So there's definitely like, I could see him leaving Youngstown. He's some guys returning, but, um, I could definitely see him leaving there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree that 
Like it, it's uh, yeah, it's a good point for him because Cohill's gone. They lost a lot of what they had last season. They they do bring in a good transfer class, but like that, and then oh well, like they're whoever's assistant there can do just fine if he's actually offered a job. It, death taxes and the horizon being Northern Kentucky's league, so yeah, they usually find a way to get done the tournament. So, pretty, pretty. <laughs> yeah. One other name I wanted to talk about, not as a serious candidate. I just thought it was interesting that Darius Nichols, uh, who got arrested for a DUI in, I think it was either late February or early March, uh, played at Western and was a grad assistant under Huggins. D- just wanted to throw it out there. I thought that was a little interesting considering, I mean, obviously there's no real connection between this, but... Just thought it was kind of funny to point out there. Not it's maybe not funny. Uh, that it, it that it was uh, put under the radar, and uh, they didn't fire him apparently. So mm-hmm. he was kept on the staff. Um, yeah. left the DUI under the rug. I'm like, if you get a DUI and you're a grad assistant or any kind of assistant, you're off my coaching staff. Like, I guess yeah. the AD like just oh, doesn't care. He was a head coach though. He's a head coach at Radford. I mean, he was suspended for the conference tournament, which I mean, so like they they didn't just like do nothing. I mean, I I think that was the right move in that situation. I mean, he didn't deserve to be fired. I mean, he, I think it was his first year last year and he had done, he had done a good job up to that point. Like he's a, he's a good coach. So there Mm -hmm. was, that didn't uh, deserve a fire. I thought he was still a grad assistant under Huggins staff. I'm an idiot. He was a grad assistant in like 2010. That's the guy last year who got the DUI at Radford. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, got my names confused, but yeah, no, he's he's done a really good job over there at Radford, and they've bought in some players like Villanova legend Brian Antoine. uh, They've got a lot of guys over there. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, you, you can't hire him for this job because of the DUI. I mean, Obviously, honestly, he might not be qualified enough. But if he didn't get that DUI, he might be in the conversation at That's least. Mm-hmm. But you you cannot hire a coach who got a DUI like three months ago after firing or not firing, but it's, they essentially fired Huggins. They DUI you, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, another name, not in a West Virginia program, I don't think, but under that has coached under Huggins before is Andy Kennedy. Uh, that was at Cincinnati where he coached under Huggins. But yeah, um, he's really built UAB up these past few years and he has just really been able to pull in talent. That's obviously, honestly, the way he's been winning is out talenting everyone else. But yeah, I, I, I think this would be a decent hire if they got him. Um, I don't think I want to pull up his record from Ole and Miss. Good. He was he was he was not that good at Ole Miss, but he was yes. good enough to stick around for long enough. Kind of like a Brad Brownell type of tenure. Where he wasn't that good, but he wasn't bad enough for enough time before they finally got rid of him. But yeah, I mean. He was good enough to win, have a winning record like almost every season, and, and yeah, stick around, stuck around for like eleven, twelve years. So yeah, that's not the point I'm trying to make here, but I th- I think this would be a 
decent hire. I mean, yeah, I like Andy. Um, he's like, especially if you're in a conference with him for a while, you get to know like he's a one trick pony on defense. They want they run that one three one trap half court zone. They love that. Um, kind of like a Kermit Davis zone, except it's like a quarter court trap. And and teams they learn it and they they definitely tore apart UAB's defense like you know as the year went on like teams like FAU just tore them apart defensively uh even you know teams like Louisiana Tech could tear them apart defensively I mean and you know if you learn these guys schemes uh you know I just feel like Andy needs to run like other kind of defenses like they don't really run man they don't really run any other type of zone and then on offense, obviously, like you said, you just out-talents teams. There isn't really a ton of schemes there. So I could see why he struggled at other schools. Like, he's definitely in a conference in the last couple of years where he's been able to get away with that. And, uh, you know, we've finally been able to see his flaws as a defensive coach, finally. Uh, and he's, he was really good two years ago as a defensive coach. But now teams starting to figure out his schemes a little bit. And, uh, yeah, no, defensively, they weren't the same team last year. At least that's what I thought anyway. Yeah. So so how would you feel at a potential hire? I mean, yeah, he's solid. He's solid. Um, you could do worse. Yeah, of course. I just don't think he'll leave. Uh, that's just me. He played there. Um, and, you know, obviously, he, he is still uh, – I don't think he's done turning that program around personally. I think he's still got a, a couple few uh, good years left to give to there, so. Yes. Um, yeah, so obviously they don't have to go in uh, in the West Virginia family, in the Huggins family, considering they are doing a national search. So anyone's in, in play – and one name I wanted to throw out is Northwest Missouri State head coach Ben McCollum. And he, he's a great coach. So, like, any, any job you kind of, like, throw out his name because he's just such a good coach and hasn't taken that D1 job, hasn't found a D1 job that he really wants yet. But And a high major would probably be a little too high step up. Not that he couldn't be a good coach, but it might be too much of a risk for some of these ADs to make. But I thought I would throw it out there because Western is athletic director is Ren Baker. And from 2011 to 2013, Ren Baker was the athletic director at Northwest Missouri State. And guess who the coach was? It was Ben McCollum. So at the very least, like he has some real connections with the AD who is going to be making this hire. So I'm not, I'm not sure if they go for him right now, like he has to at least like get a call get an interview and like McCollum like really hasn't been in a hurry to take a d1 job like he could have been d1 a long time ago like he turned down multiple jobs this offseason just charlotte buffalo just name a few i mean i'm sure many more openings were interested in him but this if he like actually has a chance for his job this is one you just can't turn down yeah, so, so this is the home run option here. And if West Virginia really wants to, you know, get an elite in-game coach, like you say he is, um, and then somebody, I don't know how he'd recruit there, but he has some connections with, and of course they have a lot of NIL as well. So, um, you know, they'll be able to draw some guys in, but recruiting could be a bit of an adventure for him there. 
Um, but you know, as far as coaching goes, I mean, he's the best candidate, I, I think, as far as that goes. And he's a bit of a leap of faith. But if West Virginia really wants to just, you know, go balls to the wall, like they can do that if they want. Um, it's up to them how uh risky or, or uh, how safe they want to play this. So, yeah, I de- I definitely agree with that. There, he's a great coach. He's been a great recruiter at Northwest, obviously, because he's just able to get these like underrated kids from like Missouri and Kansas and Nebraska that like Iowa, like that people like don't know about. Because mm-hmm. one one thing about him is like he doesn't like kids who he offers like post offers, so like no one really knows who he's going after. So I think that's one of the reasons that like he's kind of got this talent because no one no one knows who like the real underrated prospects are. But yeah. Recruiting would be tough because I think like he has a certain like type of type of person that he looks at for recruits and like, like really good, like players are like big 12 caliber. Like a lot of those players probably aren't the same personality necessarily that McCollum will recruit. Like, I I don't know if you understand like when I'm exactly where I'm going with this, but like, no, I do. I do. Yeah, like you know, everyone. There's certain coaches have you know that certain type of player and mold, and that's like the only kind of player that they'll target. And uh, you know, he might have to branch out a little bit, being at a high major job. So, yeah, I just where I'm trying to go with that is like a lot of like these top players are like obsessed with like the hype and stuff, and I don't think that's like who McCollum is necessarily looking to recruit. He, I think he's definitely recruited some like. He's definitely prioritized like the people that he's recruited as opposed to just the players. Like he really recruits like team players and not just looking for pure talent and hoping he can just they can be fine off the court. So yeah, that that would be an adventure at West Virginia. I still think he could get some guys, but he would definitely have to change his recruiting style, which would be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, like you said, he's the best option, like for just like a pure X's nose coach, like he can really win and he can really develop too. Like, I mean, he put a player in NBA this last season and Ryan Hawkins was Creighton's leading scorer two years ago. So like he can really develop talent from like what is seemingly nothing. So like if he can get guys for like a few years, like he can really build this program up. But again, I just don't know. Like I know Baker has the connections. I just don't know if, he's willing to move from Bob Huggins to a D2 coach. Like it's a little bit of an interesting move that the fans might not like, but I think it would be good. I just don't know if it's the right move for with everything considered. Another name that has kind of been thrown out there is Dusty May. He won't take the job, but he deserves at least more students to try to do anything they can to get him. They won't, but they should try. I think any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I just feel like he's kind of an unrealistic option, but you know, you're obviously going to dial the phone and give him a call. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we touched on Chris Mack. You wanted to mention Dan D'Antoni because of the in-state connections. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Marshall, the one thing about Marshall that I think, you know, is really appealing is, they've been able to really bring in talent. Um, Tavion, uh, you got Andrew Taylor, 
Micah Hanglocked in. Obviously, Marshall staff is doing something right in the recruiting department. They've been able to bring in some players, not just them over the last couple of years. I mean, they've had players for a while now. Obviously, they haven't really made the tournament much, but, you know, they've been respectable. Um, you know, the Sun Belt was a tough conference this year. They played a really good Louisiana team. Uh, I, I think that's who they lost to. But <laughs> anyway, uh, they, they had it really tough in, in that um, in that conference. And they're respectable. But what I really think Dan D'Antoni's good at is recruiting. And definitely, uh, as far as on that um you know, outlook, it's a really good hire if you can bring in somebody that knows the West Virginia area, because that's not an area a lot of people know. So, um, you know, that would be good from that standpoint, at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they should really look into him as a serious candidate, but being in state, might as well give him a call. He's been a successful enough to warrant a call. I mean, he's he's got guys in NBA, like he's developed some guys into really good players. So at the very least, like just just uh, kind of scope out the interest in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we already talked about Chris Mack a little bit. Um, Pat Kelsey is a name everyone's going to want to. I'm not sure he really wants to take his job. Like I think he's really committed to Charleston for the time being. But mm-hmm. probably another name you want to give a call, just yep. to kind of see what's going on there. And any other names? That you uh, want to throw in there? Mm. I saw someone mention like John Beeline in an article. Not really sure he wants to get back into coaching, but he's someone that would be familiar with the area and is a phenomenal head coach. So yeah, might, might as well is. try to get him if you can. I'll be honest with John Beeline. Um, you know, I don't know if his coaching style now, and you know they had a lot of. He's very old school. Um, you know that's the one thing about John Beeline, and I think he could still win now. Oh, of course, of course. Um, yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I guess maybe they'll go from one really old school coach to another because that's what they're comfortable with. But I don't know how he'll go over with the players personally. But um, yeah, he's somebody. I guess I'm just trying to think of like some Ohio coaches. Uh, you know, yeah, obviously Jeff Bowles won't really take me. He's he's not good enough. Yeah, that too. Um, he's definitely uh sold hard in, in Mac play. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's necessarily good enough. Um, yeah, no, I, I think we've covered all of them in terms of. Yeah, I mean, there there are obviously names are going to be thrown out there. I mean, we are literally recording this podcast like an hour after the move happens, so. We, we, and like next podcast, if they don't like find a hire, like we will uh, go in depth and like kind of revisit who some of the candidates might be, like how that situation is going. But yeah. And then mo- moving on past like the candidates, like let's talk a little bit about like the players, like because these players all have a decision to make because they all committed to Bob Huggins more than they committed to West Virginia, I'd say. And whether you want to agree with that or not, these players all still have an important decision to make. Well, I don't know if that's true, actually, because NIL, but they, they still committed to Bob Huggins. Like, yeah, in a sense, for sure. And I mean, like, I don't know if they could, those NIL checks are just going to go away, like, no matter where they go. Like, some of those things, like, you're just signed and exactly. Like, it's no. NIL, like, isn't supposed to be, like, based on where you go to school. So, like, if you sign something and leave, like, uh, unless there's something in a contract about that, which mm-hmm. there might be. I mean, I think you might be able to still get that money. But either way, like I mentioned this before, I think, in the podcast, but they got they got Jesse Edwards, Draquan Battle, 
Um, Kirkrisa, Jose Perez, Omar Silverio. I butchered that name the first time and I butchered it again. But regardless, um, like those are really good players. Like, and if anyone can, if like you already know teams are like calling those players, not like teams technically, but like the, the boosters are all calling those players now, like scoping out situations because like just, those players don't have a head coach right now. And those are some of the best. Those would be like the best available players in the country oh. right now. Like, like Jesse Edwards was one of the top transfers, like in the portal the whole season, like regardless of anything, like he mm-hmm. would instantly be number one in the portal. No. So like well, him or Jordan Brown. I think Edwards is better. I, I do really like Jordan Brown, but I would take Edwards. I think he's more dominant on the defensive end. For sure. And I think maybe Jordan Brown's Brown. more skilled on offense, but I do agree, yeah. but and Edwards is so dominant on defense. So, is, and, so and gives you enough no on doubt. offense. He no gives doubt. you enough on offense to be fine. For sure. Yeah, him and Brown are one and two, no matter how you order them. Um yeah. so yeah. Um I definitely would say Jesse is probably gonna leave if I'm Placing bets on him. I do think some guys are going to stay, though. I don't think everyone, you know, all the reports on the the, the Twitter reporters, oh, eight players have entered the portal for West Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to hold off on making any claims. Like, I, I saw that tweet as well. Not sure if I totally believe that. And, I mean, I, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, especially some of these players. Like, do you think Omar Silverio is going to get more NIL at somewhere else besides West Virginia? I just don't think no, so. No, no. You know, Jose Perez, obviously, I actually think he stays. Like, he just wants to play basketball. I don't think he wants <laughs> to go through the uh, the transfer portal process again. Like, he could obviously go pro, too. That's obviously a route he could do, but... Yeah um i I think he's gonna stay like he loves that program in and out i don't think he just loved it for huggins like i think he that that was the culture main reason but yeah i think there's still something to be said about like the culture of the program besides just huggins but yeah if jose perez like tries to transfer again and i'm a coach i would be scared to death to take him he has gotten his last three coaches fired hey man (laughs) something to be said about that he's a curse He's a yeah. black crowd, black cloud on a program. <laughs> yeah, D- um, didn't didn't Wojo take like a like Julie job like a few weeks ago or something? Yeah, he's he's, so. a, he's, back. he's back into coaching. Yeah, back on the prowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then, well, uh, yeah, you know, I'll say, I think Kriska's gonna probably stay too. Like, yeah, uh, do you think another school's gonna? Give him six hundred k or the room. I mean, I mean he he is getting a bag to be not that good. <laughs> right, that's a lot of money for Kirk. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think he's like fine, but no, of course, like I mean, Nebraska was really in on him, but I don't think they're they, offering six hundred k. Probably not, but they could still use him. I'm oh, just gonna throw course. it out there. Oh, Nebraska could really benefit. They, from they, could, they could still use him. I know they're growing hard after Mulcahy. They probably won't get him. Nah, yeah. I mean, if Greece decides to open, yeah, Nebraska so, would be the favorite, I think. For sure. I mean, but maybe things have changed. Things have just changed so much in like a few months. Like, what schools were interested in him then were like will like not really be all over him now. But Nebraska might be the one constant if he even opens. Like, we don't even know what'll happen. But yes. I think he's probably leaning towards stay. But again, we don't really know. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll 
we'll talk more about this mm. as the situation progresses. We're just we're just going off what little information we have in this short time frame since he got fired, resigned, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, Dan was not with us today, but we do have some notes from him that he uh, sent in our group chat. And uh, this is a quote from Dan. As soon as I saw the DUI report, I thought this was necessary and most likely outcome. The actual BAC report is just additional disgrace. And we thought Charlotte was hard timing. How about this? So, yeah, that is uh, his For anyone, like, you know, who's not a heavy drinker out there, like a point two one, like you could die from that, dude. Like, um, But Bob Huggins probably is a heavy drinker. (laughs) Right. No, like, obviously Bob Huggins has great tolerance. I mean, you look at the dude, he's a heavyweight. But, like, shoot, if I were to pull a point two one, I might not be here right now. So (laughs) That's like approaching alcohol levels. That is a major, major, like... Uh, BAC. So, um, uh, just note the emphasis of how bad that is for like the average drinker. But, uh, yeah, no, they definitely made the right decision there. Yeah. Well, yeah. As I said, we will follow this search in depth. Like, I mean, this is like, it's a huge job to be opening. This like huge job to be opening in general. Yeah. So, yeah, we it's we like... will be intensely following this search. But any other any anything else you want to say before we uh, wrap up this emergency special episode? I think so. I think uh, we got all the uh, the news we wanted to get out as soon as we could get it out. So, yeah. Well, we will be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming. So until then, have a good time, and um, we'll we'll follow we'll follow the uh, coaching search. Let's. Uh, yeah, I guess uh-huh. I guess we'll 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 just see what happens. There's still a lot of day day. facts to be released, so all right, yeah.